1: So, Ryan, let's dive into some Super Chats. We have some Super Chats and some questions. So we're going to do a mailbag. We can talk. I would like to kind of keep this about recruiting. I'd like to keep this about the Notre Dame uh, 2023 class and the kids that are in it and obviously a lot about Jaden Osbury. So let's let's get to some. Some questions here. Uh, Maltavius with the, the super chat. Good evening, gentlemen. I would love to hear, love a player comp on Alsbury. Do you guys think you could provide that for everyone? Why are we supposed to be excited? So I think we kind of did the comps. Is there anybody else that kind of pops in your head as a guy I, that, that, that he reminds you of? I've heard people say Deion James from LSU. I, I'm not real familiar I, with where he was in high school. What are some for you, Ryan? I,
2: I don't know if you remember him in high school as much, but Ernie Sims was a guy that popped in my yeah, head a little I do. bit. Played at Florida. Actually, State. I remember
1: him more in high school than I do uh, in college.
2: So he was he was a really good player at Florida State. Then he was a good player in the NFL for a while, too. He was kind of, again, a little bit of a sawed-off player, but good eyes and explosive athlete. Those mm-hmm. are the, the things that really popped off to me. I mean, he was only like 5'11", foot, somewhere in that ballpark. But the kid could move, and he could diagnose quickly. I really liked Ernie yeah. Sims a lot as an NFL player yeah. as well.
1: Ernie, similar body type. I'd say Jaden's a little bit taller. Ernie was a little bit more stout in high school. Uh, Ernie was a really explosive player, sure was. And, and, and I think Jaden is going to become an, a more explosive. I think he's explosive, and I. But I think right now Jaden's more smooth and agile and loose and fluid, and then he can run. And that's kind of part of the reason where I'm going to be right or wrong about his ceiling is that right there, Ryan. Because as I said, when I look at this kid and I see what I think he's going to become once he gets into a college weight room. I think that's mm-hmm. the piece that's really going to come with the weight gain. When he gets up to 225, 230, because of his time in the weight room, it's going to be that burst, that explosiveness, that ability to just plant and boom, which a linebacker needs to have. He's kind of got – I mean, he's pretty good now. But it's more about, okay, is he top 50 in the country good or top 20 in the country good? That's kind of the difference. And that's what kind of gets me fired up about Jaden – is that and the size are really the two things that I think could really to, to get to that next level could really take him to the next level. And I, and so yeah. And no, Ryan is, I'm not getting rid of Ryan. I think you guys kind of <laughs> missed the point of what I was saying. So Sar- sarcasm, folks. Yes, sarcasm. Yes. Yes. No, he's not going anywhere. But that's that's that, so so when that comes, then I really like the Ernie Sims comp. Because mm-hmm. I I really felt Ernie was his short area explosiveness is something I remember liking a lot about Ernie Sims, yeah. So he's a this is a very very interesting you, one. You you think you think it's fair
2: here, Brian? I'll say, Jane Osberg has old man game but new age style. Is, In is, that, fair? Yeah.
1: Yeah. is yeah. that fair? Yeah, yeah. Fair, yeah. Because like you know you think of the old school, you think the thinking man's linebacker, right? And he's kind of got that personality. Like a lot of the old school linebackers, you would listen to an interview and they're kind of like, you know, I'm talking like pre Lawrence Taylor, but even around Lawrence Taylor, because he was such a unicorn in every capacity. I mean, just as a player, but then also mm-hmm. as an as an attitude and, and personality, you know, a lot of guys, you think of like a Mike Singletary, like when you mm-hmm. meet Mike Singletary, you're thinking of this little short, sawed off guy, <laughs> yeah. you know, glasses. Right and ugly glasses, like not even like cool glasses. Horrible
2: glasses, yeah. And
1: really like intellectual and smart and thoughtful in how he speaks, and you wouldn't think like this guy wants to destroy people. Yeah, right. And that's just you know, so it's like Sam Mills. Sam Mills is like the same. I've I've always felt linebacker, like the great linebackers, are really uh, intellectual people. You know, I've I've just always kind of felt that like. They're guys that are just really smart. They're students of the game, of life, of culture, of history. And, you know, that's kind of like I said, that's always what I, the impression, and he may not have been that way, but that was always the impression I had growing up of Mike Singletary is like, and maybe it was the glasses and the way he talked, but he just, he just was a really sharp, savvy, you know, in thoughtful kind of guy. And that's, that's the old school aspects of, of Jaden Osbury, but he's in a more of a new school body and athleticism and, and that type of thing.
2: Well, I I think it's I think it's a simple fact of linebackers. You need to know what's happening in front of you and in back of you. Right. It's like if you're a corner or safety, you can get away with just knowing what's happening on the second level and the third level. Like you don't have to worry as much about the defensive line. If you're the defensive line, I mean, you pretty much just worry about yourself. Right. But when you're a linebacker, it's like, excuse me, you need to know defensive line. What gap does each player have? You need to understand if you're blitzing, where's where, where's your gap that's going to be opening up, depending on where people are slanting or twisting or doing whatever. And when you're in pass coverage, you also need to know what's happening behind you or to mm-hmm. the side of you, right? So I think that's why you get those intellectual types of linebackers, just because you literally need to know how the right. entire defense works. You can't departmentalize. You right. need to know what's happening in front of you, what's happening in back of you. You need to know it all.
1: One of the things we didn't discuss a lot during the show was coverage, and and the film that we showed of his sophomore year, there wasn't a lot of it. There was more of it as a junior. You know, he went to a the future fifty camp. He was one of the standouts there. I've talked to a couple people that thought he was the best linebacker in attendance because it's a camp where you got to cover. It's not like a, a run and hit camp. It's a can you run and cover camp, and he does have a lot of good cover ability. I think that's a, another part of the new school type of aspect to him, Ryan, and and why he you could you can recruit him to play rover is. He can open his hips and run. He can jump under a curl route. He can he can run with a tight end. He can be on top of. He can run with a wheel route. You know he can cover a lot of ground. He can fly downhill to play the perimeter screen stuff. All of that's important, and that's why you need that speed at that rover position. It's look. It's I mean there's certain types. Maybe you can get away with a Jordan Patelho because I mean he is pretty twitching athletic, but he's like a bigger mm-hmm. guy. He's like two fifty. But there's a reason you see these guys that are, you know, 205 to 220, 225 playing Rover because unique guys can run. If you have a guy at 6'4, that's ideal because then he's got those super, super long arms. And I don't think Jaden has super, super long arms. He's got good length. Yeah, I don't think he's as sawed off as, like, you know, kind of like Drew White and Drew Tranquil were, but he doesn't have like the go go gadget arms either of like Thomas, Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, was it Thomas Brown? remember Thomas the kid Davis. That, no 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 Thomas Brown the kid that played Rover for Wake Forest under Mike Elko oh yeah I yeah, thought yeah. it was Thomas Brown not not the right. Georgia guy gotcha. uh, yeah I always no, I always think of
2: yeah. like I always think of like Isaiah Simmons is like the sure. the Rover you want right like six right. four and vines and right. all that type of stuff you right know?
1: but but you need a guy that can run and that's the key and the reality is this kid can run and that's that's a part of it And i think he's very he's very comfortable in coverage so i think those are those are parts of it ryan with a, yes ryan lost with a super chat thank you very much ryan just want to say mic drop yeah this is a big it's a big pickup for notre dame alan watson with a super chat thank you alan he says come on marcus you can leave uh can you leave me somebody good hell i didn't even want to recruit him that hard since he was in my backyard damn golf out and got me again signed bk I love the pettiness that's absolutely beautiful uh let manager one with a super chat thank you very very much great work guys chug a do brian and that is absolutely what i'm doing
2: <laughs> go you irish
1: on uh it. yeah the yeah, do It's mountain doing here do you see me pouring it earlier i tipped my tipped my can up while you were talking you got you were like thinking doing your little film talk you know ryan gets like z- zeroed in when he's talking ball i know, baby. man i know Got a super chat from Risa. How much fun are you guys having versus a year ago? What a time, great time to be a Notre Dame fan. I actually had a lot of excitement a year ago, but a big part of the reason was, is because of what Marcus Freeman was doing on the recruiting trail. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, he had already gotten, I think Junior Chalamaka was committed by now. He had gotten Jaden Mickey. I mean, there's a lot of guys that had committed up to this point in time. And then, you know, he's battling with Alabama and Washington for Benjamin Morrison. And there were some other guys that like ended up joining the class. I, I think Jalen Sneed was committed by this time a year ago. I have to go back and look at the, look at the timelines up for that. But, I mean, it, it really started then. But mm. even then, it was still a bit of a, a July 12th is when he committed a year ago. So, I mean, think about who Marcus Freeman had c- gotten that class last year by this point in time. I mean, he had added Tyson, what, so from the time he was hired until now, they had added Tyson Ford, Aiden Gobira, Jaden Mickey, Josh Burnham, Burnham Diamond Hines, junior to Alamaca, Jaden Bellamy, Jalen Sneed, Benjamin Morrison committed in July. So, I mean, it started a year ago, but even then, there wasn't the same excitement about the team, and we'll talk about that in another show. But yeah. it, it really has been just an amazing year because as good as last year's class was, like I said, this class is even better, and that's uh, that's saying something.
2: This time last year, I was teaching virtually and hating my life. So, yes, I, I am
1: having a much better time now. Reza. Yes, yes, absolutely. Fred Stadelbauer, thank you for the Super Chats. Fred, love the show. You guys are the best. Thank you very much for that. Interest in probabilities, percentage gets, we get these. Jeremiah Love, Samuel Lepemba, Austin Novosad, Kenny Minchie. Uh, P.S. David Pollock wears diapers. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, well, Austin Novus added zero percent chance because he recommitted to Baylor the other day. So he is not in there. So let's get some of these other guys, Ryan. Yep. Uh, so Jeremiah Love, what would you say the percentages that Notre Dame lands, Jeremiah Love?
2: All right. So if we're working on percentages, I would say I'm about a eight and a half out of ten. So I'd say eighty-five percent that mm-hmm. we get Jeremiah Love. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel confident in that one. It's just, you know. Just need to close down the get close down it. the stretch here. Yep. Exactly. Definitely
1: feel they're still the, the the clear leader at this point in time. Yes, absolutely. He just has to make a final decision. Okay, what about Samuel and Pemba?
2: Oh, man, that one's too, t- too tough. Um, I would say 5 out of 10, let's say 50%, yeah. I guess. I mean, they have a shot, but we're not going to know for a I'd, long time. I'd go a little the,
1: lower, but it can yeah. be deceiving. I'd say 30% because I'd go 30, 30, 40. I think Georgia right now is the leader at 40%. I'd say Miami and Notre Dame are very similar. So that 30% is low, but it's also low because I think his what he likes is split between three teams more than any others, uh, yeah. in my opinion. Kenny Minchie, that's a tough one because we don't really know where he is right now in, in, in regard to his reciprocated interest to in Notre Dame. So it's a TBA, how about that, or TBD? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say TBD. A, I'll
2: give you a five or ten percent. I got. We don't yeah. know. We generally yeah.
1: don't know. I can't give a percentage of some. I don't have all the data, All right, I can't give a percentage because <laughs> I don't have all the data. So, but thank you, thank you for that question. And he said, uh, Matt Madlepp two thousand GT said he was just just wanting to give you props. There is nothing wrong with that. He also said, with the notice, if you guys have any pull, could you get football to start sooner? Well, it starts tomorrow. All right, I mean, so Notre Dame. Notre Dame has first their first practice tomorrow. So it
2: actually starts tonight. There's a there's a preseason game tonight. So I don't want to watch NFL.
1: <laughs> Milton Fam, uh, Milton Fan 15 said, uh, "Does this recruiting class put to bed the Brian Kelly statement about getting the best talent? I, I think that's a little bit premature to go there too far yet. I'd say, to a degree, it does. Right. I mean, look." if Notre Dame lost two commits from this class, it's still the best defensive class they would have signed in a while. But for it to truly be a gap erasing class, they need to keep everybody in the class. If they can do that, or even just all but one guy, and I'm not saying who specifically, there's no, it just, okay, pick one guy that doesn't, it's still a great class defensively, but if they can keep the whole thing together, then I think that this is, this absolutely does that. I mean, completely and entirely. I still think, if they have some guys flip, then there's still that doubt of, yeah, you can get them early, but can you get them when it's all said and done? I think a little bit of that would still exist. So I do think they need to keep everybody that's committed in the class for that truly to change. But the one thing that does, that is clearly true, Ryan, is mm-hmm. they've blown up the notion that Notre Dame can't get guys like this. They can't go down to Florida and Louisiana and Texas and all these places and get the best players. Uh, they can. I yep. mean, they've gone into Ohio and beat Ohio State for a kid that Ohio State wanted at an Ohio public school. Not not a Catholic school kid from Cleveland or Cincinnati where they've had success in the past. They got a public school kid from what is considered one of the feeder programs for Ohio State. And, and you know, just a, in my opinion, just a, a big-time, big-time pick up they've gone down to Florida and beaten all the SEC schools for Keon Keely they've gone down to Texas and got multiple dynamic defensive back you just literally literally went in to LSU's backyard Ryan and got a kid that LSU wanted I mean you're you're you went into St. Louis and beat LSU and Ohio State for one of the better cornerbacks in the country whose former high school coach now is on the staff at LSU Mm -hmm. right and and so who have the two schools been that have been battling for the DBU the last few years, Ryan? It's been between Ohio State and LSU. Yep. You just beat both of them for a corner, a top hundred corner. Sure did. And so they're definitely, they're definitely in, in position to where they have killed the narrative to a degree. Can they ultimately like put it to rest six feet deep with a headstone on it? They gotta close it out. Which mm-hmm. means at this point in time, now keeping everybody on board. I mean, that's 100%. the key at this point in time is keeping everybody on board. But I believe yep. they're, I believe they're, it's close to being dead, in my opinion.
2: Well, I, I would say this too, Brian. It's like Notre Dame has now gotten some substantial players. I mean, you talked about going down and getting Keon Keeley, getting a Jay Nosbury out of Louisiana, getting multiple players out of the state of Texas. It's an incredible sign. But I do think that there is some pessimism, not not only just in the Notre Dame community from a fan perspective, but also from a national community because, I mean, I've been, just been bombarded with like, oh, that guy's going to decommit at, that, at, at some point, right? Like this guy's mm-hmm. going to decommit. And people have this assumption that Notre Dame's not going to be able to close this out. Right. That's what they have because right. at first it's like, oh, you're not going to get that kid or whatever. Notre Dame gets a Keon Kelly, gets a Peyton Bowen, gets a whoever – and now it's oh well that's fine. You're still not gonna close though, right? Like you're not gonna mm-hmm. finish the job, you're not gonna retain those guys. So I think to your point, the net the last step is to show that you can close the deal there. That there's not you're not in, in that that potential of a decommitment. Because I right. think that there is still some pessimism in the perspective. The perception of Notre Dame recruiting. It's still there. Until they sign on the dotted line, there it's it's still going to be there a little bit. And Notre Dame has a big opportunity to kind of lay that to rest,
1: to mm-hmm. your point. Yeah. And look, it's still August. There's still four months before the early signing period. So there's still work to be done. So, and, and this is true if there was no rumors, and I think a lot of that stuff is BS. We've talked about this. We're not going to talk about either one of those tonight because our intel is our intel. If you want to know what where things stand, go read the message board. If you're someone who is going to respond to every single clickbait article out there, I'm not, I'm just, we're not going to play that game. We're not going to talk about that every time. People going on to Sean Steyer's show asking about Keon Ryan. It's like, he doesn't cover recruiting. It's not the kind of show. We answered that already in a show. If you want to know the ladies with Keon, we have a we have a video on the message board on this on the YouTube channel. We have updates on the message board. But the point is, is that's always going to be true until you can show that you can close on those guys. And the reality is, they that. haven't yet they, because closing really only you only close when the they sign on the dotted line. That's true mm-hmm. for all eleven kids that are currently committed from the defensive class. There, there's you know no doubt about that. Stoic behavior says. With a super chat, thank you for that. He goes, been on the Osbury train for the longest. If you're the president of the Osbury fan club, Brian, I'm the CEO. Oh, okay. Take sure. sure. <laughs> you, you win, but he's in Notre Dame, and that's all that matters. Garth Cassidy with a super chat. He says, Brian and Ryan, how sick – and when you see them all kind of put together, how sick is the linebacker room going to be next year? Maris Luefowl, Prince Collie, Nolan Ziegler, Drake Bowen – J.D. Bertrand, Junior to Alamaca, Preston Zenter, Jack Kaiser, although that one's not necessarily a given. Well, actually, no, Jack's a senior now, isn't he? He was in the 19 class. Okay, so I said sixth year next year. I misspoke. He's going to be a fifth year senior next year, which makes Mm -hmm. me even more confident that Jack will be back next year. Jack Kaiser, Jordan Patelho, Jalen Sneed, Jaden Alsbury.
2: I feel I mean, like if that's the room, if if Jordan Mattello's back again, I almost think like you have to start moving a couple of these guys, right? Like Mattello <laughs> maybe goes to Viper. I mean, like honestly, <laughs> though, it's it's that is a embarrassment of riches, man. That's a lot of linebackers and a lot of really good ones.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, just the first thing that stands out to me about that group, Ryan, is the speed. Like, that's a lot of speed and athleticism. In one group, I mean, I I just, I'm trying to think of a time when, I'm just trying to think of a time when Notre Dame has had a linebacker group like this, right? Like we've seen, look, Notre Dame's had some explosive linebackers. Jeremiah Wusukormo was, in my opinion, the most explosive linebacker in college football in his final season. Mm-hmm. Jalen Sneed was probably the most explosive linebacker I've ever seen, much less, you know, his year. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a linebacker with his speed and explosiveness I think you know, you Ryan. You've talked a lot lately about the not just the need to athlete, add athleticism, but the fact that Notre Dame is athletic. Mm-hmm. But when the 2022 class becomes sophomores and this class shows up with Maris and those other guys, I mean, you're, you're now you're now in a conversation, Ryan, where Notre Dame can put its linebacking core up against anybody's from an athleticism standpoint: Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, anybody at that point mm-hmm. in time with that group right there
2: yeah it's it's honestly kind of sick man if we're being completely honest about it it's and if Maris Loifel is what we expect him to be then I mean I don't even think it's a given that he's back if I'm being completely honest right. but, I mean we'll see what happens with that conversation but either way even if you lose one or two of those guys let's just say in some hypothetical that is just a silly group man because I mean you're talking about Maris Loifel, incredibly explosive long Prince Kali, incredibly explosive, downhill power, phenomenal. Nolan Ziegler, 6'3", was listed on the roster. He was starting at Rover, now he's inside at Will. Explosive athlete, I mean, he was a wide receiver and played like a little bit of overhang in in high school as well. Drake Bowen's a kid that is a multi-sport athlete that is also going to play baseball at Notre Dame, can do all those types of things, and if you watch his film, Sometimes he's on the ball. Sometimes he's off the ball. Sometimes he's playing rover in in, in kind of the, that overhang position. Drake Bones has to do a little bit of everything, and he's a really talented football player. Then you have JD Bertrand, who is perceived as the unathletic guy, but also we've talked about this. We think JD's athletic. It's just you mm-hmm. know lacks a little bit of length. But like if JD right. Bertrand's your least athletic linebacker on this list, like how are you doing, who sir? Who would They're you say you-
1: is? I would say Zinter of that group. I'd probably say Zinter, it's which close. is impressive because, like, I could see Zinter moving over to offense and being, like, a starting, like, fullback slash H-back right. at Notre Dame. I mean, like, seriously.
2: Everybody, everybody loves the Tommy Tremble role. Couldn't you see right. Preston Zinter doing that? Like, yeah. I I could see I him mean, that. I mean,
1: that's not a knock on Preston Zinter, but I honestly would probably say Preston would be, if I had to rank guys' athleticism, Preston would probably be last, which is really impressive because Preston Zinter is a really good athlete. Yes. So it really is. I, I mean, you're talking about junior two Alamaka being at the kind of the near the bottom of that list from just pure athleticism standpoint. The other mm-hmm. thing about that list too, Ryan, is athleticism's all fine and dandy, but there's a lot of dudes that have really high football IQs in that group yes. as well. And I think that's something too that that if we're gonna talk about rankings, that's right now just coming out of high school of that mm-hmm. group, as good as it is, that's Jaden Osbury's the top of my list for me. In that regard,
2: well, and you know what, Brian? Because I, I agree with you 100%. The one thing, too, is kind of skating over the the athleticism aspect for a second. When you drop the roster kind of update on everyone, I'm like, wow, JD Bertrand's 230? Wow, Maris right. Leithaus 235, Junior toy is 240, and right. then you saw Jordan D- D- Batello at 250, and even Jane Sneeze up to 215 pounds. This is not only just a athletic group it's also a big group man like there's length here i mean yep. you didn't even met, i mean we didn't even mention obviously in this one because he has moved since moved to viper but joshua burnham not too long ago was a part of this group too and he's also 6'4 mm-hmm. that's 230 plus pounds so and yeah, athletic man, and yeah. athletic 100 percent. yeah he yep. did not move to viper because he's not athletic enough to play on the second level he moved to viper because his body is telling him that he's a viper right so yeah it's this group is just bananas man i mean because you have literally Jordan Botello is a really good athlete on this list and he's 250 pounds so this group is not only athletic but it's big it's powerful there is so much to like about this group and I mean we could have a we could have a long podcast probably a three or four hour podcast just trying to rank who is the most athletic to least athletic of this group and just start laughing because it's like wow, you're in a conversation where J.D. Bertrand or Preston Zitz are your least athletic linebacker? Yeah. Like four or five years ago, they're probably one of the top athletic linebackers on the team. And now you're in a situation where that's kind of the bar, which is just incredible. To yeah.
1: Out. Yeah. you got a couple more questions here. Uh, Brent Smith says uh, uh, Ben Minich reported his 100-meter at a 10-4-7, yet 2.47 ranks him as a low four-star. What? First of all, uh, I mean, I think the low 4 stars fair. I think that's kind of where I have him because – a three and a half star for me is like a high three, low four star kind of guy. The 10, four, seven, however, people need to stop using that as his hundred meter time. That was a noted wind aided time. The rest of his times are more like 10, seven, 10, eight, which is still good. I mean, that's still, you know, if you're sub 11, you're, you got good speed. Sure. You know? And, and so he's a, he's a, he's got good speed, but he's not a 10, four, seven. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just not accurate. And the, the difference like when you look at like Ben J, um, Micah Bell, he's got a lot of times near there, 10-3s yeah. like and 10-4s and 10-5s. There's a big gap between Ben Minich's best time and the rest. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change anything about the evaluation of him, but just it's about accuracy. He's not a 10-4-7. He's not a 10, 4, 7. He had a 10 4, 7 based on a wind dated track time, which the official stuff notes. He's more in like the 10-7 range, I would say, which, again, that's that's he's a good athlete. It's just not. There's a big difference between ten four seven and ten seven. I mean yes. it's not a competitive race if two guys are running a hundred meter dash and one guy runs a ten four seven and the other guy runs a ten seven. And I, I just saw someone in the chat said ten seven is still fast for safety. Brian just said that.
2: Right. <laughs> it's still a good time.
1: A good but you time. can't use ten four seven as a this is why he should be ranked higher, because that's not an accurate time, and that's the point. It's also, I, just, feel,
2: right. I, feel, I feel like we jump to track times sometimes to verify, like, to, uh, to try to get, like, a yes. misnomer of a player. Can we watch – just stick with me here. Watch the film first and then trek the yes. track times, okay? Because I think Ben is a good athlete. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I just – I don't see game-breaking – I don't see right. great speed on film. I see good right. speed, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it only matters in this football podcast – what a player looks like on film. That's just –
1: And that's – we noted that when we talk about Micah Bell. That's what makes us so fired up with Micah Bell because you see the speed on the football field. I was having a conversation with John Garcia the other day, and we were kind of going over the SI-99, and Micah Bell was one of the guys we were talking about. And the first comment John made was, the track time shows up on film. That was John's comment. John's a a former defensive back. And that's the key, right? Like, it's got to show up on film. So even if Ben minutes was a 10-4-7 – does it show up on film. Good athleticism shows up on film. A ten-four speed guy doesn't show up on film because that's what Micah Bell looks like. Micah Bell looks like a guy that runs a ten-four, and yep. you know that's kind of what that what that looks like. Here's a here's a couple. Uh, here's a good one for you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Is Deb from Florida Irishman? Is Devin White a good comp? I think Devin the body Wh- types are a little too different for me.
2: Yeah, I mean the height is probably somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. I, I know Devin was right around six foot. I mean, so Jane Nosberry is probably even a like half an inch or maybe an inch taller than him. Devin White was a very advanced player coming up high school. O'Brien, I think I'm pretty Physically, sure if I remember yes. correctly, he was like 250 pounds. He was recruited I mean, he had- as
1: a fullback. Yeah, if you remember correctly, yeah, yeah. he was listed at. Um, he was listed by rivals at 258
2: i remember his freshman year at lsu he played a little bit but it was a sophomore year where he broke out he was listed on the roster at lsu at like 255 right. and then sophomore year he got down to like 240 245 right. so he was physically advanced and heavy and he had to actually Too come heavy. down in right because he's 100%. now like
1: 240 in the nfl i believe correct yeah exactly so he had to yeah. lose weight so yeah i, I think the he's, height... not
2: the, he's not the tallest guy in the world so like 255 on a six foot frame that's You know what I mean? Like that's not,
1: yeah. And I think the athleticism was different in high school too. Now, if you're going to talk about what Devin was in college, then it's a little bit closer of a comparison because I do think Devin was a, a bit more twitchy. I think Jay, I think for me, when I look at, when I look at Jay Nalsbury, I see a guy that is, is he's fast, he can run. But when I think of comparisons, I'm going to be looking for guys that are more smooth and fluid and change direction with, with ease. I think those are the kind of guys that I think are better uh, comparisons than you know, maybe like a big physical guy like a Devin White who's explosive in a short area quickness. I think those are guys that I think would be more comp- comparable to me uh, when, I, when I think about comparing him to somebody. Let's go to another one we got from uh, Caleb Boyle's. He says, "What is Jaden's level compared to a Niles Morgan coming out of high school?" I'm very curious to see what Ryan's take on, on this. I have a couple of different thoughts on this. Number one, they're very different players. I think height-wise, they're probably similar. Niles had a a little bigger frame coming out. Niles was more of like a you know a two twenty-five kind of guy. He was around two forty at Notre Dame. He was more of a pure Mike. I think Niles had decent, like, you know, change of direction and and foot agility and quickness. But my, my Niles, to me, if coached properly, which he wasn't for most of his career, would have been more a, a different kind of guy than what I see Jaden. And, and, and so, so style of play level wise to the question, I think Jaden is a is is higher. I had Niles as a top hundred player coming out. I had Niles kind of like you know, 60 to 80 would have been my range for Niles Morgan, really liked him and and, and thought he should have played more at Notre Dame and sooner, even even though he was coached poorly and only had one season under Matt Bayless. He's a guy that I would have loved to have seen play four years for Clark Lee or Marcus Freeman and then be able to play with Matt Bayless in the strength program. But Jaden, to me, is just a top 35 to 50 player. Ryan, that's kind of his range. Yeah. So I think the level of the two is is Jaden's higher, and I also think their skill set is different. Th- those are my two thoughts. What what you, what do you, you may, think about that comparison?
2: You may have said this, Brian. I may have missed it. Uh, where did Niles come out of? Where, where He's was from his? the Chicago area. From the Chicago area. Got yeah, it. got it. Yeah. yeah, I I I think I mean the, what I remember of Niles obviously is more as the NFL. I mean the NFL, the Notre Dame player than right. what he was as a recruit, but. I always, I, I thought also he was a little more, he was a slightly tighter hit than like a Jay Nosberry is going to be, right? Like I feel like Jaden was a little more smooth while Niles is like more Tavon Coney type, right? Like not quite that tight, I don't think, but he was, he's a true Mike comparative to where Jay Nosberry is a Will Rover. And I know we just had a question about Devin White. I remember we talked about this, Brian, that the same draft class, Devin Bush was in that draft class, mm-hmm. and that's probably a better stylistic mm. comparison to a Jayden good body All-Star type Devin comparison Bush. too.
1: Yeah, very good because Devin wasn't a Devin had a little bit of a very similar non-defined frame as Jaden. Come that's a really good body type. I think Jaden's a little taller. Yeah, but very similar overall frame and stature. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. I like that. one. And Devin Bush is another guy that once he got into a college program his explosiveness even jumped up another level. And he was a pretty good player coming out of high school. Don't get me wrong. He was a a, a relatively highly ranked guy, but it, it, it jumped up a tick. I would say he was probably a little thicker than Jaden was, mm-hmm. but very similar, very similar t- uh, players yep. coming out. Yes. And Devin Bush was criminally underrated coming out of high school too, I felt. And it was all because of his size. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. looking at it now. Rivals had him as the number 182 player in the country. And I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of it had to do with the height. Because even now, recruiting rankings still are just a little bit more obsessed with size than they should be. I mean, two four seven at Devin Bush is a three star, and and ESPN at number one eighty one rivals in one eighty two. And I guarantee you, it was all about size.
2: He was and a Florida I, kid, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he was an Under Armour All American. I mean, you could see the film. That kid was good. I really, think we're finally, I like. think we're finally seeing them catch up to the, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, get off the measurables a little bit and see if a kid can play. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the, the the key for me at this point in time. Here's actually, here we go. Here's one here. This I'll get to Michael's here when we're to wrap up, Michael, we're going to get to your question last. Cause it's a 2024 class. I think it'd be a great way to end this, uh, this, this thing. So when we get to the kind of wrap up, I'll ask you Michael's question. But Chris Shell says of all the 2023 commits, whose senior film do you do you look forward to seeing the most? Wow, that's a really tough mm-hmm. one.
2: I whose senior film do I, film do I I mean I I if Notre Dame picks Notre Dame I mean if Notre Dame picks Notre Dame, if Ben Minich picks Notre Dame tomorrow, I would look forward to seeing his film because I want to see if he takes a jump up as far as what I think of him as an athlete on the film. So he would be one guy that I would be really interested in seeing. Oh, you know who's my actual pick Mm -hmm. though, Brian? Ben Minich is definitely one. Elijah Page is one for me. Yeah, He's absolutely one because we know that he's gained a bunch of weight this off season. It all looks like good weight. It looks like he's even grown a little bit from a height perspective. He's got the length. I think he's criminally underrated just based upon his Mm -hmm. junior film. But I'm excited to see if he can really take a step up as a senior because I think that he is in. I think he's due for a huge bump as far yeah. well as the rankings are concerned.
1: I, I don't know if I could say if I could pick one, and he didn't say one. He just said who's Braylon James is one for me. I think Page and Jagusa, Jagasaw, I had gotten over it. Jagasaw are the two for offense because I really want to see the jumps. Charles Jagasaw has been doing a lot of technique work this off season. This is now his second year with his high school coach who took over and he missed the, the year because of COVID. I'm really curious to see that jump and Elijah page, like you mentioned defensively, I want to see Brennan Vernon. I've heard that Brennan Vernon is going to be used differently this year. Yeah. in, in for his uh, for his high school team, and they're going to put him in more of a playmaking role, which I think is smart. They didn't use him well last year, very much looking forward to seeing his senior film. Obviously, Bubakar is a, an intriguing guy as well. Uh, Drake Bowen, I think he's going to play a little ticked off this year because of what's going on with his recruiting rankings. Mm -hmm. And then Micah Bell. Now that he's got another year of defensive back or corner under his belt, I really want to see his corner film this year. Those are the ones for me that I I think kind of jump out. And then just from a I hope this guy has a big senior year so I can bump his rankings up is Ben Minich. Because I always want to be able to bump a guy's ranking up. I don't want to rank anybody low. Um, So I'm hoping he goes out there and shows like, hey, Driscoll, like you guys were wrong about me you need to rank me higher and great. I hope he does that. So I think that was a good call uh, as as well, Ryan. Yeah.
2: It's, it's so much fun when you have so many good players that I want to watch everybody's film. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to just see just one. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and of course, tomorrow we'll be covering Ben Minich's decision. I believe he goes public at six o'clock. So he'll decide between who are his finals it's Oklahoma, Stanford, Kentucky, and Cincinnati, correct? I believe yeah, are his other four I, finalists. I, I,
2: th- I think you hit it. Yep.
1: And then Saturday, Dylan Edwards is going to make his decision at some point in time. Saturday, Notre Dame, Oklahoma were places he visited. He visited a- Nebraska officially as well, and Oregon recently offered. Um, so. Yep, it's guys I'm looking forward to. Ron Hyde with a super sticker. Ron, thank you very, very much. Appreciate you. Michael S. said, speaking of shopping down – thank you for your super chat, Michael S. Speaking of shopping down a different aisle, did BK's small school background make him only familiar with the local 7-Eleven and not Notre Dame's whole food content? I don't think that was it because I think early in Kelly's career, they did do that. I mean, that's the thing that was frustrating is they signed several five-star players this first four or five years. I mean, there was one class he had in his second full class, actually his first full class. He had three five-star DNs. One was from Florida, one was from Georgia, and one was from New York. And Eshaq Williams was the one from New York, Stefan Tuitt, and Aaron Lynch were the other ones. I mean, you know, they went out to California and got a really high ranked T. Shepherd. They got Kavari Russell from the state of Washington. they got CJ Procise from Virginia. It wasn't, I mean, I know Jalen Smith was a local kid. Drew Trank was a local kid, but, you know, they did, they did do that. I mean, they had the one year at receiver. They had two receivers from the state of Texas. This isn't the first time they've done that. And both of those kids were good football players, Corey Robinson and Torrey Hunter Jr. And I still would have liked to see what kind of player Torrey Hunter Jr. would have been if he didn't have that really bad broken leg in high school, at the Army All-American game. And Corey Robinson was a good player until he had to walk away from the game. And it, it just, it got stale. And, and so I don't want to – look, it's fun to take shots of Brian Kelly because you know what? He was kind of a jerk to people for a long time, and it's I'm having some fun at his expense. But if we're going to be honest in our criticism of him, we have to be fair in that it wasn't always like that. The problem he had early on, he was never a super engaged recruiter, but he understood you needed to go nationally. I don't think it was the national part that he had a problem with. I think it was the, do we really want to fight for Stefan Tuits and Aaron Lynch's anymore? And I think that's what he got kind of got stale on. But, you know, it was always national. That was never the problem. It was, are you getting the best that you can get nationally? I think that was the key. And I think that factor didn't go in LSU. The fact he doesn't have to go all over the country. He's And and I'm not saying that to take a shot. He said that. Brian Polian has said that publicly, that they like the fact they don't have to go all over the country and recruit anymore. Well, you may need to now because you're not getting any of the kids that you're supposed to get from Louisiana. You're going to get like Sheldon Simpson and Ricky Collins, and it's pretty much close to being hit. Yep. So... It's uh not a good look. Casa Hodge. Funny, Ryan mentioned Osbury visited the previous staff that he wasn't. Thank you for the super chat, by the way, Casa. He wasn't feeling and now one member is at LSU. It makes sense that BK probably was the reason Osbury wasn't picking LSU. Your thoughts. It's not just BK though. It's no. like it was it was BK set the agenda and it just kind of permeated down with a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And there was energy with Marcus Freeman, but like Jaden Lamar, I guess, did an interview. Somebody put a quote on our board from an interview he did with somebody else. And, I mean, pretty much throwing, like, savage blows at at the previous head coach. Right? I mean, we had this – the comment that we made – or that we put on our board that Samuel Pemba made about Marcus Freeman versus Brian Kelly. Like, Mm -hmm. unprovoked. Like, it it wasn't even – it was a question about Marcus Freeman, and he took it down that how much different he is than Brian Kelly. But it wasn't just him. It was Brian Poley, and it was – there just wasn't a lot of coaches you're, like, fired up to be around. And it, it, at the end of the day, it starts at the top, but it wasn't just Brian Kelly. But yes, I mean, as the head coach, he was a big, a big reason for that. And I, 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 I don't know if that hurt him. With uh, uh, here's the thing: for being honest, yeah. LSU was always p- going to play makeup with Jay Osbury. Ryan, mm-hmm. you've said this before. You didn't think Notre Dame was going to get him, but you also never felt like LSU was either from no. the beginning. I mean, you've been saying this since January when I hired you. You didn't mm-hmm. feel like LSU was going to get him either, and it wasn't a Brian Kelly thing. It was just more of a I think him and his brother both wanted to kind of blaze their own trail in regard to not playing where their dad played and where their dad worked. They wanted to, they wanted to kind of go, not that it's an anti-dad thing, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. as a father and mother, they raised him to they raised those boys to say, think for yourselves, like be your own men, blaze your own trails. And Jaden said that he said, Yeah, I'd love to play with my brother. But we decided we're gonna both do what's best for us, not the Osbury brothers. And I I mean I, that starts at home, man. That that kind of deep, thoughtful, hey, you gotta, you know think outside the box, travel, but same thing with like, you, you talk to Glenn James or his wife for five minutes and you're like, that's what I was yep. going to say. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's same thing with the Osbury it's like, you it, everything you hear about the Osbury is like, yeah, it makes sense. Why his, why his, the brothers both went out of state, you know, because they were raised to, to be strong and who they are and, and, and thoughtful and, and be being okay, getting out of the nest. That's good parenting in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I, so, so I, it, I, I think LSU was always going to be in, – in Brian Kelly's defense, LSU was always going to have a tough time getting Jaden Osbury, in my opinion, even if Brian Kelly didn't go there, if we're being fair. I, I think there's some parallels between
2: Osbury and Braylon James, and that's what I was mm-hmm. going to talk about a little bit. Braylon James was never going to go to Texas, right? And that's like the, the hometown school for him, right? Like they're very close by in that area. And he wanted to branch out. He wanted to right. go somewhere else and build his trail, right? Like he wants to do that. And I think the same for a Osbury. He wanted to go out and experience. I think Michigan did a good job with Jaden Osbury for mm-hmm. being honest. Like I wouldn't nope. have ruled if Notre Dame didn't do what they did. I would, I don't think it's unrealistic. to think that maybe he goes to Michigan. I don't think it's yeah, unrealistic. Because the
1: acad- they, they they did a good job of selling the academic piece. And that was very important to Jaden. Very important to Jaden. And I think you're right. If Notre Dame doesn't get involved or isn't recruiting him hard, I, I think Michigan could have been a legit player. I I, I think that's accurate. I think that's yep. definitely accurate. Because, like you said, though, it's because of how he, him and his brother were raised. I mean, they were they're just different. You, you, I remember talking to Austin a couple times last year. And this is a really mature kid. Mm-hmm. You know, like just you don't you don't you, you just very mature kid. And Jade is the same way. So it's a it's a really really big pickup for Notre Dame. See here. Uh, all right, we got another super chat from Fashan Al Flip Brian Rye. What's the differences between Jalen Smith and Jaden Osbury? i Just well, mean, I mean, speed. speed? Yes, Tuning, yeah.
2: I mean, like Jalen Smith has step up in the speed department. I mean, he is relative but he's to also... every other
1: linebacker in the country. Right. I mean,
2: right. and, and Jalen's also you know two inches taller, more length can play on ball a little bit more, can play out in space and do all the things that Jaden Osbury can also do. It's just, it's kind of a, just a bigger package, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 that's how I would describe it.
1: Yeah. It's just, to me, it's not fair to compare kids to guys like Jalen Smith. It's not Jalen was, remember the other day we talked about generational players and we're talking about, it's more relative to the school. Jalen Smith was a true, like at the top of the top of generational players. Mm -hmm. just because you just don't see guys that have that kind of explosiveness and twitchiness and change of direction and size and feel for the game. I mean, instincts-wise, you know. And Jalen was a – I mean, we saw it, a program-changing kind of kid. And Jaden Osbury is a really good player, but it's almost like by comparing them, you almost kind of do a disservice to Jaden Osbury because you know who else isn't as good as Jalen Smith? every other linebacker in the 2023, <laughs> 2022, 2021, or 2020 recruiting classes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he just was that kind of special. I mean, he was like, what, the number three over play, overall player in the country, a linebacker?
2: Something like as that. Is the number yeah. three
1: overall player in the country coming out of high school. You know, so, I mean, it's just it, it just was a different animal, and, and, and I think it'd be a little unfair. Now, style of play, I think one area that, yeah, Jalen was ranked fit, third, fifth, and seventh, by the recruiting rankings coming out of high school. And here's the fun. Who who did they have? Ahead? ESPN had him as the number two linebacker in the country. I got to see who the who the <laughs> linebacker was that they had ahead of Jalen Smith.
4: Must that guy better have been a heck
1: of a player. You, you aren't kidding. I wanna, I'm curious to see who it is. It's not loading real quickly. Thanks, ESPN. They must know that I'm about to tr- destroy them for the ranking. Uh, <laughs> they don't have it. They don't have it ranked. So, you know, so Ryan, when I – when I compare their games, I think Jalen was, was more about twitchiness and explosiveness and, Oh, Matthew Thomas from Florida state is the guy they had ahead of Jalen Smith. Mm-mm. Yeah. We mm-hmm. actually did this the other day. Remember we, we went through that class. And they had Derrick Henry ninth. I mean, that class was insane. That was one of yes. the, I mean, now that you look back on it, I was like that class. I mean, how many high draft picks that class produced, I- but Jalen was more twitchy and explosive and just like step, step, and just bam. I mean, I'll, I'll never I'll never forget the play he made against Michigan in 2014. Do you remember that? They were running. It was the game they won 38-7 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Had Sorry, had to. 37 to nothing. That should have been a touchdown. They're running outside zone away. Oh, Jalen is the backside will line because they're running straight outside zone away, and he just sees it and just explodes through the hole and, yeah. and tackles the guy from behind. Yep. It's one of those things where – you can't you can't teach that. Nobody else can do that. I mean, you, right. you just no nobody else can do that. He was special in that regard. Jay Jalen, Jaden Osbury's not that. Where I will say this, Jaden Osbury is a more natural linebacker than Jalen Smith was coming out of high school. That's like fair. Jalen had some a feel for the game, but Jalen wasn't like wicked high football like you. He he had some feel and some good instincts, but Jaden Osbury's got elite instincts. Jalen Smith actually was able to overcome some bad decisions at times in college because he was so athletic and, you know, he couldn't necessarily do that and in, in, in caught co- in the NFL after the injuries. So I think that is one area where I, I do think Jaden actually grades out higher. It's just, it didn't matter with Jalen Smith because he can make the wrong decision and still go make a tackle for loss. I mean, and that's just why we continue to say it was criminal how he was used by Brian Van I mean, like, you should never be allowed to coach football again by how poorly he used Jalen Smith.
2: Well, he's coaching high school football now. Yes.
1: So. Yes. And then we have a comment from Sherry Lucas. Thank you, Sherry. Congrats to Mr. Osbury for choosing such a great school and football team. Welcome to you and your family. Very, very well done. I want to wrap it up with this question, Ryan. And I, and, and, and barring us, I, I don't think we got any new super chats. So I want to just make sure that I didn't miss anybody's super chat here before we uh, we did Detroit hunter. Actually, we did great stuff, guys. Thank you for putting out this content that has gotten us to the start of the season. Hashtag BD media empire. We're, we're trying to build it, baby. And I appreciate that very, very much fat fish with a super chat. You got to love the diversity of talent and national recruiting. The staff is garnering. It'll be amazing to see how all these kids play together. Hashtag huge. Yes, very much. I thank you for that fat fish. I'll see if we get any other super chats here before we go to Michael's question. So we're going to wrap up with Michael's question here. And I think this was a good one, Ryan, because it kind of foreshadows next year's class, right? Mm-hmm. So you're done at linebacker because Samuel Pemba's kind of a linebacker, but he's kind of a hybrid linebacker edge, you know, kind of guy. But as far as pure linebacker, says, Brian and Ryan, looking ahead to the class of 2024, what are both of what are you both thinking in regards to numbers of the linebacker position and some names that Notre Dame is looking good for right now? Thanks, guys. Let's first, Ryan, take the numbers. Sure. Obviously, the 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 cheating answer, which is also true, Ryan. First and foremost, is it just depends on how the roster shakes out this year, right? I mean, if if Marist, like you said, goes pro, you've got an extra linebacker spot that you can use in the class. You mm-hmm. know, does somebody get hurt? Does somebody transfer? Does somebody move to another position? There's all types of things like that that are going to impact the numbers. But I think. It's going to be very similar, in my opinion, Ryan, numbers-wise, to where this class was when it started, which was two is the minimum. You can get to three if it's the right three. And that's kind of how I view next year's class as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there is a lot of really talented players on this this linebacker board, Brian, honestly, so I I can't keep it to three, unfortunately. I would say some of my favorites that I also know have – a good amount of interest in Notre Dame right now I would start with Darius Hayes who's out of the Florida out of Florida who is a 6'4 210, t- 210 pound linebacker who has some incredible athleticism for that size and he's still learning how to play but man when you're talking about a length athleticism combo there's not really anybody better I think on the board mm-hmm. for Notre Dame right now for for Darius Hayes I think that he has as much upside as any linebacker in the 2024 class. The top guy pretty much across the board is Sammy Brown out of Georgia, mm-hmm. and he has been to Notre Dame recently, and he had a great trip. He is a 10-700-meter runner as a 6'2", 215-plus-pound linebacker and also yeah. a 20, 23-plus-foot long jumper. So, like, this kid is explosive, man, and that shows up clearly on film. So those guys are more – Inside linebackers. I know Anthony Speck is another guy out of out of Central Catholic in Pennsylvania that the, the staff likes. I know he also likes Notre Dame. He's more of like that old-school Mike, 6'3", 220 mm-hmm. pounds, gets downhill, heady player. And probably my favorite linebacker that's on the board, because obviously we're talking about Rovers in this conversation as well. I I like Garrett Stover a lot, man. I do. I, you I weren't really... talking
1: about him, Ryan. I got nervous. I was like, hold on a second. I Ryan think... and I are going to have to have a very – Serious conversation about his value. Yes, save I got to be the favorite be for last, Brian. Got you
2: have to save it, man. Me. But he's he's a good football player. He, he's a young he's a younger cousin of Cade Stover, who's mm-hmm. a tight end out of Ohio State. He's about 6'2", 200 pounds. If you watch his film, he's employed a lot like Pete Werner was when he was coming out of high school for for uh, out of Ohio. So he's used as almost a safety mid-hole defender used on the second level. He's kind of a hybrid second, third level defender for his school. And I think Garrett has a lot of upside as a Rover. He's got good change of direction, good size. I think he could eventually grow into a will down the line as well, but I think he's just a really fluid athlete with good instincts. I like Garrett Stover. And he, man, he comes to balance and he'll hit you, yeah. man. So I, I like Garrett Stover a ton.
1: That's my top line. Him and Darius Hayes are my top guys in that class. And I – the thing I like about it, Darius Hayes, Ryan, is he he is that guy that you say he is that third guy. Meaning he is a guy that could potentially grow into a viper. He's super long, but I like him as a potential Mike. Another guy in the class that I like, and he's he's a young kid that's gotta he's gotta learn he's got some room to grow, but I like him early that visits summers, Chris Jones from Virginia. He's oh, yeah. got some ability too. He's a good football player. I don't know necessarily where Notre Dame stands with him but he's a good football player that I have on that list too. But yeah, my, my top two guys without question. Well, there's one other guy that I like a lot. Uh, I got to do more film say on him, but I remember watching him not long ago and I've been told that he likes Notre Dame. name. I, we haven't had a chance to get an update on him. I don't think is Aaron Childs. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch him either. He's another guy that's, you know, got the frame 63 220 really good football player, but a Darius Hayes and, and, and Garrett Stover for sure are my top two guys. Garrett Stover's a kid that he's going to get a lot of the Nolan Ziegler talk. Hey, if you're short on safeties, could you maybe play him in safety? Because he's a safety in high school. <laughs> I mean, yep. he plays deep middle. He runs the alleys. He's, You know, it's almost kind of like they use – it. you know, it's funny is they kind of use him at, at – at, uh, I think he goes to Walnut Ridge, right? They kind of use him the way that Notre Dame used Harrison Smith that one year against Air Force – where they just kind of put him in the middle of the field and said go chase the football I mean he does he does kind of play like that a little bit and yeah. that kid is really rangy and honestly I didn't know who he was yet I hadn't seen Garrett's film yet and and I was sitting there at the Irish invasion and I'm like who is this dude wearing number five like he's like they're going through these drills and he's just like finishing as the other guys are getting around the cone and it's like who is this kid This kid is a freaky athlete. And they're like, that's Garrett Stover. And I'm like, I wonder if he's related. to. And then you saw where he's from. You're like, yep, that's got to be related to, you know, Kate Stover. Is he a brother? Is he a cousin? Find out he's a cousin. And then you pop into film and you're like, yep, that checks. Because what you got to be careful of is you see a kid who's a freaky athlete at a camp and you're like, oh, I love this kid. then you watch his film. You're like, you're not that good of a football player. He's just really athletic. Now, Garrett's both. He's very athletic and very instinctive and a really good football player. I mean, that's a top 100 dude to me right. I know that he's not ranked there now but if he doesn't get into the top 100 it's all said and done then people need to lose their jobs when it comes to recruiting rankings cuz that kid is outstanding, outstanding. So, Yeah, that's a that's a good question. And you know, like you said there's a lot of dudes on the list. So I many. think uh, I think who they go after and prioritize is not going to necessarily be who the best three best players are. Mm-hmm. It's what are our needs? Do we need a bigger guy? You know, do we need a uh, do you know, I think like rover's going to be important because Jalen Sneed and Jaden Osborne are both going to be there, but they're not both guaranteed to stay at Rover. I think a Rover, like, that's why Garrett, another reason I love Garrett Stover is he's an important player because I think he is a natural Rover. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like, could he grow into a will? Sure. But to me, he's a natural, in-space, rangy guy that fits that mold. That's why he's also very important. They may decide, hey, you know what? We need a bigger-bodied guy. Mm -hmm. You know, this this, because here's the crazy thing. When this class that twenty four class shows up, junior two Alamaka is going to be a junior, in high mm-hmm. college. So yep. you got to start thinking like, okay, do we need someone like him to kind of you know? So those things will kind of factor in too, Is what their specific needs are relative to building the roster as a whole, and right. I think that's that's a, a part of it as well. Uh, when you, you know look who else is a, this. is an
2: interesting. Rover in the class is I think we actually have him listed as a safety, but Gabriel Williams yeah. I know is a kid that's getting. Yeah. Recruited as that rover type, he's mm-hmm. 6'4, 190, incredibly mm-hmm. long, and there's some rawness to his game. He's continuing to get bigger, obviously, but he is a really athletic kid out of the DC area. He played his ball at Maryland last year, yeah. but he's gonna play in DC, and he's a really talented kid. And I know he really likes Notre Dame right now as well.
1: When so. I first saw his film, Ryan, my thought was he's not a rover, yeah. or, and saw his frame, it's like that kid's gonna grow into an end, like he's gonna be big. Like, he's real skinny now, yeah. but I just saw the frame of, like, long arms and big hands and big feet and kind of broad shoulders. I'm like, that kid's going to be, like, 250 when it's all said and done. Well, they,
2: I mean, literally, Al Washington said that to him when he visited. He's like, you're 240-plus like you? pounds. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, he's <laughs> yeah. going to be a big kid. He's going to yeah. be a big kid when it's all – I mean, he's listed as a safety. There's no way that kid's playing safety. We'll we'll move that one around, but that's what he yeah. played in high school. Yeah, he's a <laughs> – He's at best a linebacker, and I think he's going to end up being like a, an edge rusher. Like, I think gonna he really be athletic is. That's a oh. pass
2: rusher, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No
1: doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. That's going to do it for our show today, everybody. Hey, you guys were great. Tuned into three shows today. It was excellent. We're going to be back tomorrow, one o'clock. Uh, Vince will be part of the show. Vince will be at practice tomorrow. So, Vince will give us uh, to start the show off with kind of his thoughts, what he saw from the first Open Notre Dame practice. And, uh, you know, kind of fill that in. Then we'll dive into our our Friday mailbag after the practice. And then tomorrow night at 6 o'clock we'll go live again uh, with the – covering the decision that's going to be coming from Ben Minich. And then Saturday we'll have a couple shows on Saturday, another practice review because there's an open practice on Saturday – Uh, Vince Vince will be at that one as well So hopefully we'll be able to have a chance to get him on Or at least share some thoughts with me that I can then relay to you Because I know he's got some other things going on on Saturday as well And then whenever we find out what time Dylan Evans Or Dylan Edwards is going to make his decision We will then uh, uh, He may just announce it like on Twitter or Something like that He hasn't made any announcement that he's going to do anything Like on CBS Sports or whatever And what we'll do is if he does that We'll just kind of go live once he does that So that's why, Ryan, you need to hit that notification bell if you're subscribed already, because that is when you will be told, hey, we're doing a show here very soon. So you'll definitely want to check that out. But Jaden Osbury, big pickup for Notre Dame, everybody. This is a huge pickup for Notre Dame. A big-time player, fills a need, regional need, numbers need, just a big, big, big big-time player for Notre Dame. Uh, Definitely a reason to celebrate for Notre Dame fans tonight. So thank you so much for being part of our show, and we will see all of you again tomorrow for the next Irish Breakdown Podcast.